There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your setting. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. Welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows that used to be on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Steve. And I'm Sean Fangirl S. And tonight we'll be discussing episode 10, the finale of season 5 of The Expanse. Holy crap. Yeah. Just holy crap. Oh. <laughs> well, we're kind of marking a special episode number this week, Sean. Are we? Yes, this is our 400th episode of Sci-Fi Talk. Oh my gosh. <laughs> First of all, I can't believe we've been doing so many episodes. Yeah. But there's a lot of shows out there. Yes, there is. Wow. So happy anniversary. Same to you. <laughs> I'm a little concerned that we'll get to 500 with this, though, with the way sci-fi is acting <laughs> lately. Oh, my gosh. I know, because they have made some announcements for our other shows. Yes. And I actually didn't catch it. So if you want to share it here, because I know we have a lot of crossover people. Yes. Let's see. It, uh, it was the 5th of February. Sci-fi announced that Winona Earp Season 4 Part 2 will return in March, but that will be it. There will not be a season five on Sci-Fi Channel. This is kind of unreal because, well, okay, now Erpers have been fighting. Yep. For a long well, time. Yeah, I think I don't even know. Seems like ever since season two, we've had to fight to get another season. Yes. So the fact that they just kind of gave us this little bit, I don't know if it's because of COVID or what. So glad we're getting something, but still, it kind of sucks. Yeah, very much so. But hey, we are fighters, obviously. You can tell by this show. Yes. And so many of our other shows. And I think it's possible. Look what happened with The Expanse. That's right. People fought tooth and nail and they got it over on Amazon. So you never know what's going to happen. That's right. Unless they actually wrap it up, which would just surprise the heck out of me. Right. But <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. So let's come back and talk about this holy moly fight. Yes, this was an amazing episode. Nemesis game. Holden uh. and the Rossi face off against Marco's forces and drummer while Alex and Bobby attempt a dangerous rescue of Naomi and the balance of power in the solar system ships. Yeah, think? Yeah. <laughs> this, yeah, I'm just going to say this was like one of those. I didn't know when it was going to end. Right. And I was really on the edge of my seat. Now, I will tell you that when I went to watch this, I knew, I just knew I was going to be broken up about part and right. I had no idea what was going to happen. So I told Steve, I'm like, I can't watch till I get chocolate. So yeah. I had to wait a couple <laughs> days because I hadn't hit the store. <laughs> so, yes, I was emotionally eating during this and it was a little rough. Just a little, yeah. Yeah. And, and you're going to 
jump into some of it that just was very stressful. Yes, as we open on the Rasanati, where Monica is pushing Holden for more data on the Zemea. She's still not convinced the protomolecule sample blew up when the ship pulled a self-destruct. And See, she's smart. Yep, not the only one who felt that way. We did too. <laughs> True. But there's suddenly a more urgent matter at hand because all those free Navy ships that Marco commanded to destroy the Rossi have suddenly announced their presence. Looks like we've got a skinny hunting party, Bull Barks, using a slur that makes both Monica and Holden raise their eyebrows. Now, honestly, I don't remember hearing that previously. Is it just me? Like, did I forget that they were using that? I I assume it's because of the lack of gravity. They were right, supposed to be yes. kind of taller, thinner, not getting as much food and nutrients as everybody else. Right. Yeah. I think this goes all the way back to season one. Oh, okay. Yeah. Holden like and the Bull. the first guy that we've seen. Right. Okay. Yeah. Holden and Bull agree that the Rossi has no chance against their aggressors. They're outnumbered and extremely outgunned. But what they don't know is that three of the five ships pursuing them were once under the command of Drummer. And we see Corell settling in behind the firing controls, eager to blast the Rossi into oblivion. And I don't look away from what I do, Drummer says tersely when one of her crew tells her she doesn't need to watch it happen. See that right there? I'm like, oh, that's 100% Drummer. I'm like, but she's going to do something. Yes, absolutely. I was thinking the same thing but honestly like i don't know why at this point corral didn't turn and say something because i feel like when drummer throws something like that out you should be on guard yes like, i feel like the rest of her crew was like oh damn yes and because corral doesn't know drummer like the rest of her crew that's why she didn't think anything of it but she looked so smug anyway i'm like punch oh, her I know. I know. punch her <laughs> the character you love to hate right now <laughs> yes. <laughs> Realizing they're in deep trouble, Bull and Holden weigh their very limited options. Getting killed before we get to fight really sucks, Bull groans. <laughs> no joke. Uh, yeah, it's like you're going to just lay down and die. It's like, uh, no, just trust me. Things are going to work out. Yes. Although I don't know how Holden really thought, eh, it's going to work out. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't think he did either. They decide to go full speed ahead and engage, hoping that that'll give Alex and Bobby a chance to rescue Naomi and escape on the screaming firehawk. I mean, how close are they supposed to be to them at this point? Well, we know that the Screaming Firehawk was going to get to Naomi before the Rossi would. Right. And so you would think that they aren't that far away, but then again, they might be. But they're not quite close enough for immediate like communication. Right. I don't think so. But but it seems to just be a few seconds in between. Right. So I guess close enough, just not visual range. Right. Because Alex grimly lets this plan sink in. It's clearly a suicide mission. Before responding, we'll get her back, Jim. Go give him hell. Ugh. Yeah, that was just like, oh, crap. Who are we going to lose? Like, immediately, yeah. that's what I started thinking. Especially when Bobby's like, oh, Alex, I'm so sorry. I'm like, oh, God, yeah. what? <laughs> no. Like, I started just, like, I felt the tension in my shoulders. And I'm like, I'm not going to make it through this episode. <laughs> no. 
And so we go over to the Chesmoka where Naomi's unable to warn them that her ship, the Chesmoka, is rigged to explode if anyone dares to come aboard. And she's hanging on to the last shreds of her life force, but she knows her friends are incoming, so she fights to do something, anything that will prevent them from trying to reach her. So she gears up in her non-oxygen suit and goes back inside the ship and she's able to smash her way into making one of the thrusters fire erratically, sending the Chesmoka into a spiral. Thankfully, there's some gravity on there, so she's not like, bleh, because yeah. that's what I would have done. Yep. Because yeah. when you see it on this screen, how it's doing a spiral, I'm like, oh, yeah, I'd have been like hurling. That <laughs> yeah. would have been bad. <laughs> so this is going to make it extremely dangerous to dock. And Bobby, of course, cautions Alex about it. But Alex is Alex, and he's determined to try. He's not going to leave one of his own behind. Nope. And so we check back in on the Rossi where everyone straps in for battle and Holden gets the chance to tell Bull not to use the word skinny aboard his ship ever again while the Belters do the same. And at the very last second, Drummer grabs Corell's gun and turns it on her, then sends a missile at one of her own ships and takes out its drive, rendering it unable to fire on the Rossi. <laughs> and you hear Holden, they're firing at each other. Bull goes, good, let's help. <laughs> when that happened at first, I was like, did she just blow up a ship? Yeah. No, and then I'm like, oh, no, she just like stopped it. it. Yeah. And I have a feeling that probably was the one that Oksana was on. Now, one of Drummer's crew grabs her as she's giving the order to the other ships to disengage. And there's a struggle until another of Drummer's crew hits Corral on the back of her head. And the Marco Loyalist falls to the ground with a sickening crunch. <laughs> and you were going, yes! Yes, I was. I was totally cheering this, which is horrible. But when I watched it happen, I'm like, wait, she still has her helmet on. So how did she do a whole lot of damage? Right. Right. Apparently, like I, it cracked through the helmet. Uh, that's a hell of a swing. That's all yes. I'm going to say. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but just seeing this, and I was like, oh, my gosh. But then suddenly, that other guy who jumps up, and he's, like, kind of squaring off with Drummer. Right. I was like, wait, isn't he one of Drummer's crew? Is that the one who was talking to Drummer's girlfriend earlier? And I was, I was like, who is everybody? Yeah. <laughs> I, I need names floating above heads like in video games or something because I was getting confused with everything going on. Right. Like who, who is who and whose side are you on? It's like, ah! Yeah. So I wasn't 100%. Now, he was part of Drummer's crew though, right? Right. Yes. Yeah, the okay. two guys, you had one that had the beard and the one, one that didn't have a beard. <laughs> and the one that had the beard we've seen talking to Oksana on a couple of occasions. Okay. So that's who I, it was that right. I was think all right i wasn't 100 percent though right like i said with it all happening so fast i'm like wait 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 yeah. <laughs> exactly. but i'm just glad that yeah crawl sorry yeah solving <laughs> that problem creates another huge one what's marco gonna do when he realizes corral is dead but in the meantime everyone's still in the heat of battle with bull and holding staring on in disbelief as drummer ship turns on the other free navy vessels and nice yeah, i was okay with that too oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice to see these belters stab each other in the back instead of us for once, Bull says, for gasping, I can't wait to hear this story. <laughs> and with just three belter ships remaining and none of them moving to fire on the Rossi, Holden reaches out 
only to find its drummer on the other side. Okay, so that's it. And I'm like, okay, good. They didn't blow him up. But I'm thinking the only way it was truly going to happen and Marco had to know this was if basically Kral killed Drummer. Right. So was he setting them up? Was it or did he really think that like because they had one of the Martian ships that that was going to take care of it all? And he would have just kind of like disciplined them like, well, why didn't you do more or something? Right. Yeah, I'm not really sure. Why Marco would think that Drummer would be as loyal as he thinks she should be because of what he's done. I mean, right. she could have gotten rid of him long time ago. Uh, I so wish that would have happened yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So, yeah, you that had to come back and bite him at some time. And I guess he just, his ego is so big that he didn't didn't even think that that could happen or if he did he thought Corell would be able to take care of yeah or he really thinks that those other people could not outmaneuver but that they're they're more than drummer can handle right obviously you don't know drummer right (laughs) thank god So we go back to the Chesmoka, where come hell or high water, we're going to find a way to dock and get you off that ship. Alex broadcasts to Naomi. Oh, yeah. She's just not happy with that one. No. Oh, Alex, you brave idiot, she whispers, knowing she'll need to go one step further to keep the screaming Firehawk from meeting its doom. I was getting so frantic. Like, great. What's she going to do? She better not. Yes. And then then you see her zip up her suit. Like, no! (laughs) You don't have an injection. (laughs) So, of course, she puts on her suit and throws herself into space, taking the ultimate leap of faith that her friends will find her in time. Oh, my gosh. So just watching this where you you don't even get to see like space around her. It's no. really close up tight on her face. Yes. I still had that feeling like, okay, when I watched Gravity and she was like falling and doing all the stuff in that thing, like my stomach was kind of doing flips. Oh, yeah. I had that same feel where you, because you can just see like that sliver of space. So you see it moving around her. But seeing that, knowing she's like flipping around, knowing that she's running out of air, her anxiety, I swear I was sitting there like, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm going to pass out before this show because right. it just was so tense. Yeah. And which is amazing with it being so flipping close up on her face, where basically the only thing you see is like even the side of her face. It wasn't even a full on face. Right. Yeah. It was shot. Oh my God. Amazingly. Yeah. Yeah. I bow down to you. If you don't get some kind of like, I don't even know if there's an award you can get for something like this with streaming. Yes. But holy crap. This was so amazing. Yes, it was. You had this moment and I think everybody was probably collectively holding their breath. Yeah. (laughs) Like, please, Alex, find her. Fortunately, Bobby spots Naomi's tumbling body as they're approaching. And also, fortunately, Alex is able to interpret Naomi's belter hand signals, warning them about the bomb. I wondered what the heck she was doing because right. I could not figure that part out. Yes. So Bobby. But the fact that Bobby could see her. Yes. And Bobby does explain it, though. The only reason she's seen her was because of kind of a blip with the, was it the engine burn behind right. her? Right. Yes. 
I was like, oh my gosh, you yeah. really did put a whole lot of faith that they could see something. Right. So Bobby power suits to Naomi and guides her back with reassuring words. And like you said, this rescue is filmed almost entirely in a close-up on Naomi's barely conscious face, seen in profile through her helmet, which oh is gosh. a stylistic choice that makes the act of grabbing someone who's just floating through space feel as intimate as it is miraculous. Oh my God. And then they did do like a buddy breathing thing. Right. Because you couldn't exactly hear what Bobby was saying. Right. Which is why I wish I put closed captioning on at that point. Yeah. She goes, but- I gotcha. And then. You see Naomi get this big breath of oxygen and you go, oh. Yeah, she said something about let me hook up the air or whatever. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) And yeah, is she okay? I don't know. (laughs) It's like, well, yeah, you don't know. Right. Yeah, because we don't see Bobby coming for her. No. You know, all of a sudden she's just there. And that's what was really the amazing part of this whole scene was you're thinking that Naomi's just on her last gasp and all of a sudden Bobby's there and you go, oh. <laughs> and we hear that was one hell of a ride. Alex says weakly over the comms to Bobby and as Bobby and Naomi make it back to the screaming firehawk, we see a twist. Oh my gosh. Alex is not moving. No. No, but, and I rewound it because I'd read something and I rewound it to listen. He was slurring right. just a little bit. Yeah. And I didn't catch that the first time because I was so focused on Naomi. Right. And then, yeah, Bobby's trying to say, we need this, we need this, we need this. And he's not answering. But holy crap, when they go to see him, and I didn't even realize the why. Right. And I had, again, I had to read something about it before it clicked in because the harder and longer they burn and they said it in a another episode i believe right yes they you can stroke out because yep. of the meds and the pressure on your body and i did not even re- think about that right and i will be honest i'll tell you right now i did not realize the whole situation with cass anvar right i had to go back and see why mm-hmm. it's like yep. oh that's why they yeah. wrote him off this way yeah but i mean and i don't know how to say this without sounding bad separating the character from the actor i thought the ending for alec was actually good right and and like noble respectable this is something alex would do right and with cass and bar it's like they did an investigation and obviously they came up with their own conclusion because they wrote him out of the story right i don't know if we'll ever know what the situation is but you know this i thought was at least a fitting end for alex they're not going to recast him they're not going to just disappear you know it was a good moment right so we go check in on the pella <laughs> as philip is solemnly getting his firearms in order while marco gets the bad news that the rossi has once again slipped his grasp he's predictably furious but philip's reaction is completely emotional in us there's no point to anger now there's still more to do yeah that was weird right right it wasn't just me going all right philip went from flipping the hell out Mad at his because 
Sin was well, in his eyes murdered, mad because his mom left was dead him again. and then alive. Yeah. <laughs> and then now he's here. Right. With nothing. And it's like, okay, this is kind of creepy. Is he going to turn into like a psycho killer all of a sudden? Yeah. Or is he just turned into his dad? Yeah. Marco declares himself pleased with this new, alarmingly stone faced Philip before striding off to space, Serge Kylo, the representative of drummer's faction who came aboard in exchange for Corel. Marco, maybe you shouldn't be so pleased because how you know you're not going out that space lock or that door somehow yourself. Right. And of course, he has to send the footage to drummer's horrified people, making sure to cast a creepy, lingering, I warned you gaze into the camera when it's over. The schism among drummer's crew caused by her decision to go against Marco is irreparable after witnessing Serge's cruel death. You lied to me, Oksana says. You knew this would be the cost. Everybody knew that was going to be the cost. It was going to be one life or all of theirs. And come on, they knew that. Yes. And she and another crew member, the one who tried to prevent Drummer from calling off the attack on the Rossi, take one of the ships and tearfully depart. Oksana's parting words are, we have nothing to stay together for, and Drummer, who knows she has to live with the choices she made, can't do anything but watch him go. That was a little painful. Yes, it was. But I still kept feeling like Oksana was almost like an undercover spy this whole time. Well, okay, a spy is undercover, but you know what I mean? Right. deep undercover infiltrating drummer and her crew and i don't know if that's true or not but it just felt like i don't know something with oksana like you said before she was so chill right. with everything yeah she it just nothing never seemed quite to bother her right. yeah <laughs> yeah there was definitely something about oksana that just didn't quite add up and the fact that the one guy said he was going to stay with drummer I'm like, okay, that's cool. And then the girl who was super broken up and crying because of... Surge getting spaced. Surge. She was the one who saved Drummer and and basically killed Kral. She's staying with Drummer. Right. Which that kind of surprised me too. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting how this played out was with the ones that stayed with Drummer and the ones that left because it sure wasn't Oksana's best boy that went with her. He stayed with Drummer. Now, at the same time, if you were the one who took out Kral and you watch Surge be killed, would you try to leave Drummer and go running back to Marco knowing full well that he might do this to all of you anyway? Yeah, hell no. (laughs) But Oksana seems to be like ready to run to Marco, which doesn't make sense to me no it doesn't and i don't know if she knows marco well enough to know what that he's going to accept whatever she says or what but yeah it it didn't add up to me either that's for sure (laughs) now there is one thing that i've I don't know if it ended up on the cutting room floor, but it sure would have been nice to have Naomi and Drummer at least exchange messages just so Drummer has something. Because right now she went all season and just got beat down and got nothing out of it. (laughs) That's why I was kind of hoping that because the only place anybody can go right now is Luna, right? Like I was kind of hoping that Drummer would go and they'd be like all right you know what marco did all of this to you we are going to like 
don't you clemency and you're going to tell us everything you know and blah, 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 blah. But she's not there. Right. So I'm like, I wanted Drummer to be reunited with everybody. Yes. Because the crew is like the only one who I feel like would really understand everything that Drummer went through. Oh, absolutely. So maybe that'll happen first episode of next season. Yeah, uh, my fingers are crossed because I think that's that's going to be the only way Drummer survives is to be on the Rossi with that crew. I I don't see her surviving with her two ships and staying out of Marco's way forever. (laughs) Yeah. So on the Rossi, Naomi is recovering physically, but mentally she's still fragile. She can't help but feel guilty about Alex's death, and she asks Bull to fire off a missile to destroy the Chet's Mocha so it can't harm anyone else. Yeah, I love it. Oh, yeah. Sure. Shoot. (laughs) Holden tells her they're heading to Luna to meet up with Amos and assures her that Avasalara will grant her immunity rather than arresting her for any perceived war crimes. Then we finally get to hear the message Naomi left for Holden, the if something goes wrong message that he couldn't bring himself to listen to. Okay, I was crying. Yes. (laughs) I'm I'm not even lying. Yeah, it was heartfelt farewell as well as encouragement to go on without her. Thank God he didn't have to. Gosh. So we get to Luna where Amos and Eric bid each other farewell, but not before Eric tries to get Amos to join his new enterprise. These colony ships could be a real opportunity. And it was fun working with you again. And also not before Amos gets a bottle of tequila out of his bag and accidentally drops it down. No, I don't think it was stories. tequila. Yeah, I only I say that it because either. it was brown liquor. Yeah. Yeah. And it was going slow and hey, little help. And yeah. was like, what? <laughs> nobody Do you not see this thing falling down? No. Nobody apparently nobody even bothered to look up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, the bottle? They're like, What? <laughs> Everybody's stoned. I mean, what's yeah. The gravity's kind of got their brain scrambled. (laughs) Well, they laugh it off in part ways, and Amos reunites with Holden and Naomi. She gives him a lingering hug. Knowing that Naomi feels guilty about Alex, Amos tells her, making a choice to hold your ground to save your family, as far as last stands go, that's the one I'd pick. He picked it too. It's a tender moment, but Amos has other things on his mind. (laughs) He winds up to ask by reminding Holden that Holden once threatened to kill him, but that's all water under the bridge. No hard feelings, right? Okay, I did not know where he was going with this. (laughs) I know. (laughs) I'm like, is he going to punch him once or something? It's like... And you can't... You know that that really wasn't what he was going for, and you kept going, what could it be? Right, especially how we just had... Had the moment between the three of them together. Right, yes. And that was like kind of heartbreaking because like Naomi couldn't even talk. And then you have this, I'm like, what? What is happening? Yeah. <laughs> that was like really a head scratcher for me. Yeah. I, I'm like, I don't know where Amos is going because honestly, I wasn't even thinking about Peaches at this moment. Right. <laughs> I was just thinking about the crew and everything that's happening and I'm just like, what is <laughs> this is, where are we going? Is he bringing air and I don't know why Peaches didn't come to the forefront of my mind. Right. Of course, we're family now, Holden says. Amos relaxes and calls out, we're good. <laughs> To a bashful Peaches who notoriously tried to kill Holden back in season three. And that's what make even more sense of 
how Amos was going about this was, <laughs> yeah, we kind of forgot that, yeah, she did try to kill Holden <laughs> a couple of seasons back. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, well, I feel like almost everybody's tried to kill Holden at this yes. point. <laughs> and thank you for being cool about this, Amos says breezily as Holden's eyes bug out ever so slightly at the reveal. <laughs> now, Avasalara hosts the Rossi crew for a classy reception. Wine, jazz, soft lighting, where we learn that Bobby is signed on to be Avasalara's new liaison. The Secretary General beams as she points out that Holden, Naomi, Amos, and Bobby represent everything that Marco hates, namely unity among the belt and the inner planet. All we have to do is turn every belter, Martian, Earther into this. This is how we win. Yeah, I don't think we're going to get our little family everywhere. No. <laughs> but Marcos is still out there, and there's still one more chapter of this already epic final. Just as Monica is telling Holden that one of the Zamea's torpedoes did indeed make it out of the battle with Rossi unscathed, no doubt carrying the protomolecule stolen from Tycho Station, Avasalara summons the Rossi crew from the party. There's been another attack at the ring, she says, with no small amount of worry, and we learn a massive micrometeor cloud has heavily damaged the three UN ships stationed at the ring gate. Then missiles fired from within the ring, which presumably means Marco has control of Medina Station, finished the job. This is yeah, not th good. This was happening like so fast when they were showing it. It's like, holy crap. Like, I, I did not even know where to look because it's like you're watching this and we find out it's like a three hour delay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. What now? They can't do anything. They're not close. Oh, my God. Yes. That's like, that's all I kept saying. And when a fleet of MC in ships appear. Bobby notices one of them is the Barkeith, the ship she and Alex chased from Mars after suspecting it was caught up in black market weapons dealing. They might have been MCRN ships at one time, but now they're in league with Marco. And we see the crew of the Pella cheering his name and Philip looking on sullenly as the destruction of the ring piles up and the MCRN ships make their way through. Now, wasn't it right at this time or, or like either right before or right after when Marco says something about you have to have a knife in the dark? Yes. <laughs> and then they kind of like show Philip like looking at him side eye. I'm like, oh, Philip is going to do something. Yes. I... I just I I honestly at this point thought Philip was going to get have that knife that Naomi had. Yes. And just like plunge it into Marco's throat or something. Yeah, that would have been sweet. That's for sure. <laughs> I It just felt like that to me. I don't know. It may have just to me but especially when he sees the rest of them cheering on marco right it's like we're killing all these people and since my father hasn't told me everything we may well be blowing up the gates yep obviously <laughs> i can't believe an entire martian fleet would go rogue but holden points out he may have bought them using the protomolecule now anyone who watched season four what happened when the Rossi inadvertently traversed the ring with a glob of protomolecule? But maybe they know something we don't, Holden says. 
They do have that scientist. Yes, they cut to the interior of the Barkeith, where Martian military bigwig Savatier and his slippery assistant Babbage, the one who met Alex for a date that was really a means for each to pump the other for information, passing along congratulations to Marco from Admiral Darte. I was really hoping that General was actually not part of it. Right. Now or this, Admiral, whatever. Well, no, now this isn't Salvatar. He mentions Admiral Darte, which book readers know this name. So hopefully Christina will be able to fill us in a little bit about this guy. It's made clear that the ring is now controlled by these rogue Martians and Marco jovially says, you have your system and we have ours. Then a message pops up from everyone's favorite unhinged protomolecule scientist, Kurtzar, calling in from Laconia, which turns out to be the destination of the stolen protomolecule. The ring is now called the Laconia ring also. We are seeing beautiful results, he says, and it's clear that the planet has long dormant structures much like the ones we saw in Illus in Season 4, though there's some kind of satellite component from the looks of it. And they seem to be communicating with each other, so definitely the protomolecule is on Laconia. Babbage. This is not good. No, That's all is... I kept saying watching this going, yes. no, 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 no. Babbage plays with her bracelet, a gift from her mother, she explains, when Salvatore reminds her that it's a dress code violation. Yeah, oh. what was he talking about? Like, we're not going to have any warnings anymore. It's just going to be like, what, a firing squad? It's like, for a dress code violation? Yeah. I... What? what the hell is happening? Yes, we are seeing... <laughs> This rogue Martian faction basically trying to take over the universe. Because I think that they will definitely, they aren't just going to stay on their side of the ring. I think they're coming for the our galaxy as well. And it, it gets a, it's a little bit of a Nazi feel to it. Yeah, this was just really strange and it gets weirder. So I'll let you finish. (laughs) So on Laconia, we don't have a civilian world to cushion us if we fall, he says sternly. No more bending the rules. No more overlooking even the smallest infraction. As she He's dutifully dropping the bracelet into his outstretched hand. The icky moment turns into something truly strange, but not entirely unfamiliar. In the season premiere, we saw Holden show Fred Johnson a simulation of what the mysterious ancient beings that wiped out the protomolecule builders look like. The instant that the Barkeith begins to pass through the ring, time stops, and those same angry shadows and dusty shafts of light envelop the ship, cloaking it in a red glow before making it disappear. Yeah, it it was different. Yes, it wasn't quite the same, but yeah, that was spooky. But just, yeah, the uh, the way that they set it up, it was just so different. The way they were going through the protomolecule, like the colors were different. Right. And, or not the protomolecule, they were going through the ring, I should say. So I was like, wait a second, this is strange. So I did not know what was happening. And right. it makes me wonder. Yeah. And again, Christina, <laughs> was yeah. this in the book? Yeah. Christina warned us last episode that there would be some things that she would need to explain to us. And I think this is one of them. (laughs) I'm thinking probably. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. What an amazing so, episode. Yeah. This was stressful. I'm sure I'm not the only one who thinks so. So why don't we get on to find out if other people think it was stressful as well? All right. How about some feedback, Steve? Yes, we have some feedback. As always, our friend Fred from the Netherlands has graced us with his thoughts on the season finale. So let's hear what he thinks. Hello, Steve, Sean, and all listeners to the Fangirl Zone. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for The Expanse Season 5, Episode 10, the Season 5 Finale. So far, a little bit of a, no, happy ending is a heavy word, but Naomi and James are together, Clarissa and Amos are together, and in another kind of couple, Bobby and Avicerola are together, and actually the whole crew is together, and Monica Stewart survived, also important. At least to me. Of course, we did lose Alex, and I have to say his demise was a little, well, underwhelming in the sense of getting a brain hemorrhage, in the sense of he didn't go down in a big struggle, a big fight, or a heroic kind of demise although he went down in saving naomi and who is in a less well happy situation is drummer and i'm really sad about that because if somebody earned it she certainly did i find the big space battle scenes a little confusing because these belters have or marcos inaro's belters all have or mainly have mcrn spaceships so i sometimes get confused which ship is what and of course the rosinante is also a Martian ship and at the end of course we all expected there would be a turn and it would involve probably Mars and it did. Okay that was all for the fifth season of The Expanse. Steve and Sean thank you very much for this ride and till next time greetings all the best Fred from the Netherlands. Built their hostels. This is Rastanante. Shut down your reactors and stand down immediately or we will engage and acknowledge. Nothing. This is trauma. Well, yeah, Fred, I definitely yeah. <laughs> uh, agree that for the most part, it was good to get everybody back together. Uh, it was a long season of not having Naomi and Amos and Alex together. Kind of figured that Bobby and Ava Solara would pair up eventually, and that took all seasons. <laughs> and we definitely I agree. do have to say that Alex's demise, though, is... You know, I explained it earlier. I mean, I guess a little late, but his wife or ex-wife said she's going to take care of all the arrangements for a funeral for him. Right. So, I mean, you got that where it wasn't a reconciliation, but the family, I guess, will have closure too. Right. So, I don't know. Seems weird, but I, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And you have to remember as well, season five had completed filming before the issues with Kaz came out. So, they had to figure out a way to take care of this after everything had been done. So the scene with Amos Holden and Naomi was filmed before season six started, probably, or during season six filming. Oh, see, I didn't even realize that. Yeah. So this I didn't was, think about that. Yeah. So I think they did a pretty good job of it, all telling. I mean, they had that one, they used the one, the last shot of Kaz when he was alive to show him as dead. So mm-hmm. <laughs> can't really uh, do much more than that. So, and yeah, we both agree with you, Fred, that Drummer sure didn't get much of anything out of this season. 
and then just a bunch of heartache. And that's why I said I thought it would have been really good to at least see Naomi send a message to Drummer saying that she was alive. So Drummer could have had that to hold on to. Now, we got to figure that she knows that Naomi's alive, but we didn't get to see her get that confirmed. Right. We didn't get to see the reaction. Exactly. And yeah, I I agree. The space battle (laughs) were kind of tough to figuring out who is who. And I think it's only going to get worse. everything. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, Fred, we really appreciate all your feedback this season. And glad you joined us on another wild ride with the Expanse. Thanks, Fred. We appreciate you being here. And we have some more feedback. Of course, our friend Christina from Ohio has sent us some feedback on this amazing episode and finale. And boy, does she give us some book knowledge. So let's hear what she has to say. Hey, Sean and Steve, this is Christina with some thoughts on the finale episode of The Expanse, Nemesis Games, named after the book appropriately. Uh, this might be late, I'm not sure, but I'm going to give my thoughts regardless. I really enjoyed this season uh, as a whole. It's my favorite. I really enjoyed this episode. I would say my only critique of it is the Alex death scene. I would have not shown the next scene to be Philip because a lot of people were processing. The emotions were really raw in that scene they did the best they could because clearly this was done after the scandal with Cass Anvar and then they had to basically digitally take him out a few scenes add some this could possibly lead to a stroke type of dialogue and then uh, some scenes at the end where he was there he was taken away if you go into the bonus section you'll actually see those scenes I would have just chosen to switch up that scene and then shown uh, instead of Philip. Naomi on the Pella and then that message it would have probably just gelled a lot better but it is what it is I am sad that we're no longer get the character of Alex in the TV show I'm not really I thought the bull with the 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 cup at the end disrespectful and too damn soon <laughs> just my two thoughts on it but he's gonna be a lot for me to take in because I'm not particularly fond of his character I think he's good for what he does which is the pilot so it, it's it's fine I will say the sound quality when Naomi was being rescued, that choice to just show her face in the vac suit was amazing. Just really great decisions overall. Did you see Shaka Zulu's name? Sorry, I have loud neighbors. On the roster when he was looking west at the Rasanante docking. If you don't know who Shaka Zulu is, do a quick Google search. He actually is a military leader. And I don't hear a lot of people actually have picked up that. And maybe because the, the name's not that recognizable but of course I would know that name uh, as an African leader as a king as well so if you have a chance check that out I did want to touch on some book to show changes uh, Naomi's art plays out in the books more like a psychological thriller. One thing they do not have in the a, a trait of hers is her hair. Uh, we saw that in a flashback with Marco this season, but that's characteristically her book hair. And she has a tendency to hide behind it a lot. It's actually a, a tick of the character. But 
her whole entire arc, you know, the palette's got a lot more people on it. It's a lot more dynamic. And then the things she has to go through very much are a lot more compounded. And I think basically they just didn't want to have, like, people think this was horrible on Naomi. I'm like, oh, read the book. She had much more obstacles to get through. A lot, a lot of things were way more intentional. She actually had a conversation in which she led her son into believing that she was planning on killing herself. The way in which she has to still the the oxygenator thing or whatever she uses to help her boost her oxygen level when she's making the lump or leap to the Chetsumoka Chetsumoka. Uh, she actually had to get into a physical fight and lose that fight because she was never going to win and was stopped on quite a bit. She went through a lot is what I'm trying to say. She was in the infirmary and very good representation of that on screen in the few scenes and they gave it a much more uh, emotional dynamic but it is really fun to watch inside of her or listen inside of her brain as she channels different Rossi crew members to outsmart or outwit her very oppressionist situation. It was a lot more, I guess insidious is the right word I'm looking for. And I like how all learning everything about her informs a lot of her decisions in the past, like why she left Drummer on the ship. She was getting a little too nationalist. That reminded her of Marco. You know, she gave the protomolecule to Fred because she had to trust her gut and not the people around her telling her what to do. Another book tidbit, it actually wasn't Naomi that gave Fred the protomolecule. It was James Holt. Ain't that crazy? She's also a lot more cutthroat with Philip. Like, basic tells him, when you feel the weight of what you did, come find me. <laughs> I don't know you no more. It stems back to another huge change from the books. I mean, if you guys really are feeling like you need to earmuff yourselves right now, this would be the time. Everything else was general, but this is kind of more specific. It's actually not. Philip, who steals Naomi and puts her on the Pella, it's actually Marco. All of her being on the Pella is actually Marco's plan. It has nothing to do with Philip. He has, her, well, he uses Philip as bait, pretty much. Uh, I don't like the show in the in the the change in the show. I just it doesn't give the impact. It doesn't answer all the questions. Like he could have just left her on on where was he at that they blew up Palace Station. He could have left her there if he wanted to save her life. He chose to take her, and then this whole thing of father or mother and child trying to get to know each other a lot of better but ultimately Marco had contacted Naomi directly said our son is in trouble he needs help he needs a ship he's he's gotten into this danger she ends up getting him or buying him the ship and helping him out she spends a little time with Coral and Sen before then which we really get to see a lot more of that personal relationship that they had before and then you have in the end her being kidnapped by Philip but he did it on the behest of his father and his father kind of presented it to her like I saved your life. It wasn't Philip. It was him saying I saved your life. I didn't want you to die the mother of my child but he did very much want to kill James Holden, all of Tycho Station. Everything else is is pretty on par but it puts a different spin on uh, Marco's motivations on getting her to the Pella. Like he really did in the way she said it in the beginning, you brought me here just to show off what a good parent you are, what all you've accomplished. In a lot of ways, this is exactly what he did. We don't have a character called Wings, which is the character that was more antagonistic than Corral and Sen on the Pella. She's also very famous. <laughs> um, if you did not, like everyone knows who she is. They, like what she did on the Rain Gates, like that wouldn't have been a secret to Philip, even though he still hates her. He's actually worse in the book. I hated Philip in the book. There's a whole side plot between Bobby, Alex, and the Martian Prime Minister. I think they're going to abandon that. So I don't feel bad of saying it, that it's the Prime Minister. They, they had him in the Razorback and it was 
their job this whole entire time to get to Luna <laughs> as the Belters are trying to kill the Prime Minister. So they're being, the whole entire time in the book, they're on a, a complete chase, but they're being chased by the Pella and the rest of the Belters. And Naomi's ship is in that and Alex is more than aware. They also have a whole bunch of missiles around. It's actually really cool. And I think that's why pe- some people are like, uh, Bobby got jipped because everyone that don't even read the books maybe have heard the spoilers and expected certain things to go down and they shaved it so you know it was an okay plot it would have given the characters a lot more to do in a certain sense but in 10 episodes you're not going to be able to go all over the system and cover the many plot lines that are going on I would encourage people to have uh, looked at the openings that was given a lot like a lot of this stuff was done in the background with what was going on at the ring like the plan of attacks it was all there like man we had scenes of Marco actually talking about Medina Medina station in the background we had scenes of him every time he pulled up that map if you didn't screenshot that you missed it but you saw where the the sample was going to the ring gate you knew a lot of this if, if you had the context to look for it if you watched the show multiple times you'll get it and you'll be like oh that's where they put it but it's too much to have expected all of it to to pop off the way it does in the book just not realistic i rather kind of disliked chrissy's storyline this season i wanted to like it a lot more but it felt as constructed as it was you know she didn't have a lot of this in the book there was no pastor there was no nope 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 she ends up becoming UN secretary in the way in which he did after Salvatore but she takes this hit a lot because a she did not expect it I I think I've said that before I hate that they had anyone having any inkling of what Marco was up to and additionally she spent a lot more time with her family and checking in with Bobby and speaking with them and you get to see the real emotion behind the woman for the first time really after this attack so I I thought that the whole pastor thing was just there just to give her a reason to legitimately get back in office versus really she didn't have much to do in this part of the story and because people won't allow characters to not be there if they don't have a purpose then you can't really be mad when they don't have the arc you want (laughs) they're either going to be there with purpose or there without any lastly fred never died on Tycho station he took a few bullets but he didn't actually die so holden's storyline the majority of it was spent on Tycho station drinking and mourning the fact that his friends are all missing and it takes them a really long time to get in contact that whole scene with naomi saving the rossi that was just a message he actually had no actual contact with her he never knew she was kidnapped by marco it took him longer to hear from his other two but he was mostly uh tracking something that i think is going to be going into season six so i won't speak too much about that bull was in a different book altogether so yeah uh fred and and Tycho had a lot more power like there's power in the universe right now whereas they're not as much like there's also the anderson doll situation like he had sided with marco like <laughs> i don't know if they're gonna do that in the next season but ultimately that's what he does fred is actually given a proposition before it all goes down hey you can join our side or you can continue working with the inners but he had been given a chance to join marco as well So a lot of different uh, political changes. I'm not sure how much in the show they're going to change the trajectory on how bad the impact is on Earth. But I think right now, and even in book five, we never touched on that. That's all book six stuff. So I expect a lot more of those questions to be answered next year. I've already went ridiculously over, but I hope this gives you some book knowledge you must like. I loved your podcast all season and I cannot wait to get into season six. So I'm 
until next time, Yam Singh. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's just a lot to process. I'm not even sure if we should comment or if we can sh- just have everybody kind of soak it chew in. over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And- yeah, it was <laughs> yeah amazing differences in between the book and the show, and I completely understand that. Yeah, they there's no way that they could have covered everything that was going on in the book in the show because you've only got ten hours to do it in. So, <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine if they had more, but oh, absolutely, I'm not the one in charge. <laughs> yeah, they could have done this uh, season in twenty episodes and covered more of it at least. But yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Marco in the book was actually behind the Naomi kidnapping because you kind of saw that in this in the season when he actually tells her that he still loves her, basically. And so, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all. I do like that you were able to catch a lot of the stuff going on at the ring gates in the openings of the episodes i'll have i to... had no idea now no. i have to rewatch and like pause yes absolutely <laughs> and i am kind of surprised that christian's story was completely different and Bo- as well as bobby and alex's but it's interesting that's for sure that the martian army was after their prime minister so nice difference definitely makes me want to read the books that's for sure yeah every time she starts throwing all this knowledge i look over at the first book going it's so big (laughs) (laughs) i know i still haven't read any of it i you know what i can't read all these books because my four foot pile of books to read actually it's probably more like a six foot pile (laughs) with what's on my shelf it would dwindle we're in a pandemic i can't go to the bookstore and i need to go to the bookstore and feel the books and see them because i'm weird so yeah that's just me i don't know maybe it's just me because of the pandemic like i cannot concentrate and i feel like the expanse because it's so big and so much information is going to take a lot of concentration right i don't know why because i never leave my house except for the grocery store right exactly so it's like my brain does not want to concentrate. And with all this information that we just got, <laughs> I'm thinking, do you have charts? Do you have like a flow chart or are you just back and memorizing everything? Because seriously, like I remember a lot of stuff from books that I've read, but holy cow, this just seems like a heck of a lot of information. Or I don't know, maybe maybe she just rereads everything or listens to it or has like that i know it's not called photographic memory but you know that kind of thing where bam it is stuck in there and is not going away yeah she's probably (sighs) memorized the entire expanse timeline yeah because (laughs) which is holy cow yeah that looks through so much information and it's like little stuff you threw in there yeah which i am totally cool with but it's like holy cow now it's like looking at the book i'm really getting um like i don't know if i can tackle this (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's kind of like trying to follow a doctor who timeline There's like one timeline I can follow through our songs just because we know how it ends. But uh, let me tell you, I totally appreciate everything you send us. And even if I never end up getting the book read before the show, I will get it read. But I mean, before the show ends, I am just 
so freaked out and I'll be geeked by the end to like be able to start it and I'll be like, oh, what would Christina think? Right. <laughs> what, what was she thinking here? So I may end up reaching out to you at some point anyway. But holy cow, thank you for the amazing feedback. Yes, Christina. And all the little clues. Appreciate it so much. And so what if you ran long? It was worth every second of it. Yes. And I'm going to say you sounded so super pumped about this. Yes. <laughs> like, I can't remember what episode we just did. We recorded a different show and I, I sounded like you did just now. <laughs> <laughs> So I think it's awesome and I love it. And uh, we'll have to try to get you on next season so we can hear about it live and in person. Absolutely. (laughs) And hopefully we'll get season six for the end of the year. Oh my gosh, that would be amazing. Once again, Christina, we really appreciate you listening and providing such fantastic feedback for us. Thank you, Christina. Okay, everyone, you know how we feel, and you know how some of our favorite feedbackers feel. How do you feel about this? Let us know. Shoot us an email at contactus at fangirlzone.com, and we'll happily respond to you, and we will talk about it when we come back for the new season. (laughs) But we definitely want to know how you feel. And you can head over to www.fangirlzone.com and hit our contacts page and let us know. Even if you just want to tell us and you don't want us to share anything, we will still comment back to you. And while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you're finding us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends. They could binge watch five seasons and be ready when season six comes back. And then they can listen with you to us, because that would be great. And you guys know I don't normally do a sign-off, but I have one for this episode. So (laughs) for this episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlas. And I'm Steve. I don't look away from what I do. Making the choice to hold your ground to save your family. As far as last stands go, that's the one I'd pick. And until next time.